Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone's got half an eye on the Rugby World Cup and a full eye on it over the weekend, of course, when Ireland take on Japan. Here's a man in the studio with me who knows what it's like to be in that green jersey. Chris Henry. Chris, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Chris, um, you've been you've been doing quite a bit of fundraising uh, recently. Uh, just tell me about what you've been up to because uh, you're very much associated with chest, heart and stroke in, in, in Northern Ireland. Yeah, I mean, I um, I suffered a, a mini stroke um, back in 2014. So since then, I always um, had a relationship with the charity. And then, um, due to playing over 10 years for Ulster Rugby, I was awarded a testimonial, um, which was a great um, opportunity to to put in a, a full year of fundraising. And and thankfully, it's been a fun year, but very very busy. Um, a lot of events. And um, yeah, we we finally um, tallied up the tally, the tally, and uh, the fundraising figure came to 150 grand. Um, so yeah, just. Uh, you know, astonishing figure. I guess it was a lot more than what I expected. That setback with your health—it was so well covered with all the uh, sports groups and all the organisations and broadcast outlets at the time. But it, it must have been, in the short term, devastating for you. Yeah, it was a, a really a surreal time of my life. To be honest, I just turned thirty, um, so to suffer a mini stroke, you just wouldn't expect it. Especially, you know, as a, as a professional sports person, you think I'd like to be relatively fit. Um, so no, it was a big surprise. It happened the morning of a of test match we were due to play South Africa um, and obviously I wasn't able to play and to be honest um, yeah rugby just came in second um, in my life then it didn't really matter it was more about is this going to happen again um, will I have my strength back and my arm and my speech and, and things like that so fortunately I was very lucky um, to get everything back all my strength back um, and since working with the charity I've met so many people that unfortunately weren't as fortunate as myself um, who have you know left with, with disability and, and needed to, to sort of get their life back on track and that's what Northern Ireland Chest Heart and Stroke um, are, are, you know, they're an unbelievable resource for people um, and we hear stories of people and the confidence they give people and, and how there is life after um, stroke or mini stroke and um, it's another the other thing that just is, is crazy is how much every person in Northern Ireland will be touched by chest, heart and stroke disease at some stage whether it's a loved one or themselves, it's, it's a massive problem in Northern Ireland so for me to um, you know, work with them to hopefully improve lives is, is fantastic. That, that moment when the mini stroke happened well, how, how did you feel? What, what happened to you? I felt I woke up in the morning of the, of the match in um, you know, a lovely hotel in Dublin and um, went into the bathroom and um, 
put water on my face to waking up and then my left hand um, arm, my left arm just fell to the sink. Um, complete loss of, of strength and, and the left hand side of my face dropped and my speech um, left me. So it probably lasted for about a total of five minutes. Um, I was lucky. I had one of my teammates in the room who was able, who were able, was able to run and get um, you know, the medical doctor, um, the rugby doctor within uh, a couple of minutes and by that stage it all come back. So um, yeah, just amazing that there's no warning. It just happens to people. Um, and I was lucky it happened from we got to the bottom of it within four or five days that it happened due to a hole in my heart and a, a blood clot would have went in the wrong side of the heart and up into the brain and that's what what happened so um, yeah just something that you just you know until it happens to you or someone close to you you just never would expect it Is it something you're able to put out of your mind now? Uh, it's something I'll always remember but yes I mean as, as time goes on I think the biggest thing for me moving past it was um, I was kept out of rugby for four, four months only you know I've had injuries um, surgery on my shoulder and knee that kept me out for six nine months so for me to only be out for four months and the way that happened was um, basically at the start of the week I was given the all clear to my surprise I presumed it was going to be at least another sort of probably four or five months and he said the doctor the consultant said no you're you're good to play uh, that was on a Monday or Tuesday Tuesday, I think, maybe a Tuesday morning, and I phoned Neil Doak, who was Ulster coach at the time. I said, Neil, listen, just to give you a heads up, I'm I'm good to go. For the, I'm clear to play now, so whenever you want me back. So in my head, I was thinking, right, we'll probably target four or five weeks. He said, okay, no worries, we'll put you on the bench for Friday night. Um, so that was pretty nerve-wracking, and so there wasn't much time to really process and think about it. I was thrown in against Cardiff at home um, and played about 20 minutes last 20, and obviously to get out on the pitch, it was amazing. And, and once you make your first tackle, and once you get up again and you go again, um, I think that probably gave me the confidence to go, no, look, you know, I know that this luckily won't happen to me again. I've got a, the hole in my heart closed um, and was able to get back to, to you know, what was a, a real passion and love for me is playing sport. Did you hold back at all on that first tackle? Uh, no, I didn't because I'm a, a, unfortunately I'm not um, a, as physically specimen as other people, so I have to go full out whenever I was playing. Um, I think it was more the doubts in your mind before you actually went out to warm up and f- just before kickoff. I remember sitting going am I mad even doing this you know, why am I putting myself under this pressure and stress but once it, once you you, you, you you make your first challenge as I guess the first rock first tackle and you get up um, yeah you just you, your mind just switches into the job at hand and uh, I do I, you know, I'm very fortunate I got to play for another four years after that um, I got to go to World Cup um, so for me you know every sort of every bonus I got out of rugby um, I just felt very lucky and privileged to be able to do it On the subject of the World Cup you'll know what's happening almost hour by hour across in, in Japan what, what what are those players going going through eh, from one game to the other they, they'll know so much is expected of them they go in with this mantle of being number one in the world where we realise technically they are but we, we find it hard to convince ourselves that they're going to beat everybody course, yeah. so what sort of pressure are they under. Yeah, listen, there's no doubt they are under huge pressure. Um, this is this has been a um, a long process for Joe since he's come on board. Um, this is this is how he's going to be judged. Um, these players, I guess, a lot of them. We aren't the youngest team in the tournament. We aren't the oldest team in the tournament, but we're you know, we are. There's a lot of guys, key guys in that squad that are probably realise that this is going to be their last World Cup. So for them, they're desperate to achieve. Um, so the pressure. I mean, last week for the, for Ireland to perform so well so convincingly to get a real put in a real dogged performance to beat um, Scotland and, and look Scotland 
Colby didn't turn up, but they weren't allowed to turn up. Ireland just did a really professional, slick job. So for those players to manage that stress, they've come up from such a high to get the first game over. They move locations, they have a wee bit of downtime, and then you know they have such a short time to now process and get into the to, to the next battle you know it is really interesting I, I, I thought that Joe might have rotated a few more players but he hasn't and I guess that probably shows massive respect to Japan that he knows that this is going to be huge um you know the pack were outstanding last week and he's gone with the same pack so it is brilliant to see the challenge for this week is one how the players getting downtime to refresh and to get that emotional energy up again and I don't think it'll take I don't think that'll be a big problem with Rory leading the troops they're experienced but um, it is going to be about weathering a Japanese storm that will be coming at the start of the game and then ultimately Ireland's class should come through and, and we should get the job done Yeah, Rory Best is a great knack of silencing critics hasn't he? It's incredible he, um, you know, it's all this outside noise, I guess. You know, I, I, I mean, Rory knows himself, like, um, he, he demands an awful lot for himself, and Rory will know when he's playing well, when he's not, and Rory never plays poorly, it's just, we have such high expectations of him, I think. Um, obviously as well, he's, his skill set is a bit like Johnny Sexton when he's kicking. You know, you notice when Johnny misses kicks. You notice when Rory Best has an off-dead line-out. The problem is that um, Johnny is just... It's just as Johnny and himself and maybe the wind that might put a factor on his kicking. With Rory, there's wind, there's a call, there's a jump, there's a lift. So there's so many different aspects for Rory to actually perform. Um, so I think that is probably the... Rory's um, you know the maturity experience has has, has just been incredible and, and other players definitely would have let that slip into the back of their mind and, and let slip up Rory had one of his best games last week for a long long time um, and the challenges for him is to as, as an older statesman of the team to get himself physically right to go again and I, I've done years and years of pre-season with him and there's, it's not by accident that he's able to perform still at this age of 37 What about the downtime that you spoke about there because they're over there for so long. I, I know Ruth Gorman, who's the UTV reporter, is over there with a, a cameraman, Alan, and he's been substituted halfway through by another cameraman, John, simply because there's such a commitment to be over there for, for so long. The players, the coaching staff, totally focused on being at the other side of the world, but only playing rugby, you know, once a week. So what, what happens the rest of the time? Yeah, I mean, I oh, the World Cup four years ago in England was slightly different. We, you know, we knew the environment, we knew the food was going to be good. Um, there was no time difference. This is just totally different. So, you know, the only thing I can relate to is tours I've been lucky to go on in Australia, New Zealand, um, Argentina. You know, it's a funny when you bring a group of thirty plus men. Um, food is really important. <laughs> you know, that sets the tone of, of of the mood of camp. So, you know, how they're the, the, you know a lot of them um, will be trying a lot of different new things. Um, you know their downtime. You know what a what a place to, what a place to explore and and, and embrace uh, the culture. So I, I think that they are um, going to be spoiled rotten over there. I think that the atmosphere that the public you know it looks like every um, neutral um, fan in Japan when they're not supporting Japan they're supporting Ireland as usual. That usually happens in any um, tournaments around the world. But how strict is it? Because there are bound to be times when you know you feel I'd love to go down the strip so to speak. I'd love to see the bright lights at night. I'd love to break the curfew. You, you, you can't do that as a professional sports person. Well, I don't think Joe Joe, Joe, Joe will never have a curfew on their team but certainly, um, I mean, listen, the players will, a lot of them will 
you know, plan their week where they'll go, yeah, you know what, we're definitely going to go out for dinner and, and the movies on this night. We're going to go do a, a tour of the countryside or temples at this night. Yes, of course, you probably only have one sort of a, a token day off. And even on that day off, you're doing, you, you'll, you'll definitely have physio massage. Um, you'll be doing your video analysis. So, okay, it's a day off, but it's actually not a really a day off. So, but that's just part of it. You know, the will, um, this is the group of the group of these players will know how to work deal with that. They'll be consumed in it. The, the biggest prop, biggest factor probably for a lot of these guys is, is obviously how much they'll be homesick and missing their families. Um, they get road players obviously are rewarded very well when they go to these tournaments. Um, they get to the experience the most incredible thing, but the big sacrifice is the families at home who, um, you know, young kids. There's no doubt about it. The strain and stress that puts on is the um, the biggest downside of something like this. Is it difficult being a rugby partner? Oh gosh, well I I wouldn't know. We need to ask my wife. But um, look, I think there's you're talking about like third world problems. You know, it's it listen, but it's like a, you have a wee top, don't you? If you were away at the moment, that would be hassle, wouldn't it? A little a little babe in arms. Yeah, of course. And, and, and it just means being really organised about FaceTiming and, and logistics of organising that. And yeah, look, there's no doubt. Um, when you're away from work for a long time, no matter what you do, whether you're a rugby player or in the army or what, what you know, wherever you go to, of course, when you're away from home, it is tough. Um, but that's one of the the you know, it's, this is this isn't going to last forever. Um, they're already one week down. The tournament is going to fly in, um, especially when you're you're engrossed in it. Um, so yes, that is the one sacrifice for families that they have to do. But um, look, what a you wouldn't you, the, none of those players would change it for the world, and none and the partners they know um, how exciting it is too. And I actually think a lot of families will be going out to, to watch um, hopefully if they get to um, the quarterfinals semifinals and then uh, and then it's all go yeah do you think they'll take Japan out by the route you've, you've mentioned you know that they're going to be they're up against a whole nation uh, tomorrow morning but you, you still expect them to win don't you I, I do expect them to win I think I think if last week was closer against Scotland I'd be nervous but I just think that the, the performance, they have a clinical performance against Scotland. They they bullied them up front. Um, they suffocated them. And I think if Ireland stick to that game plan, will it win us a World Cup? Well, maybe not. But let's not worry about that at this stage. Let's just get each game done at a time. And Japan, I think if we if we start well, you know, whether the storm that they're going to come out for the first fifth, you know, first twenty minutes, I think Ireland's class will come through and um, we'll be able to, to. You know, it might not be the most exciting game, but they'll get the job done. Chris, I really appreciate you coming in. Thank you for dropping. And by and well done on 150 grand going towards Northern Ireland uh, chest, heart, and stroke, which is money so so well spent. I'm sure everyone that put their hand in their pocket to help you along the way there, you, you appreciate every pound. No, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, I do I just want to thank every person who you know, so many people support the year, local businesses, um, you know, the rugby community was amazing. And it's going actually to study for um, physical education for ch- primary school kids. So that you know, it is exciting that this will be there's will be a longevity to this as well. So, um, no, I'm just delighted. Now, you're only a youngster yourself. So what's, what's the future for Chris Henry? One of the girls in the office heard you were coming and she says, yeah, he's the guy who didn't lose the looks. You know, oh. so, 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 some of the boys, the cauliflower ears, the big noses. But I don't know. I've broken my nose a few times. I think it's still a bit dodgy. Um, but no, I, listen, it's been, it's been uh, busy. Um, last 12 months, I've just started a job in medical sales, so selling uh, surgical equipment. So I'm being trained up in that. I'm coaching my own rugby club. Um, and yeah, and just trying to manage the rest of my time, to be honest, with a nine month old so it, it has been busy um, but exciting and um, yeah moving on from rugby is always a challenge for players but I feel a good place at the moment and um, yeah hopefully that continues. Good stuff Chris thanks for dropping by thank you. Thank you. Chris Henry international and of course uh, Ulster star uh, in the studio.